The rest of us will open up our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 28, please. Now, Miss Irma, I don't know if, uh, I don't think we talked to each other, but you just played the very song that I'm going to talk about first thing this morning, so thank you for that. Because I want to know, the question I want to know this morning is, is it really well with your soul? That's what I want to know. I think that's what you should want to know. The reason I want to know that is because I want you to be healthy and I want you to grow in Christ and I want you to, I want you to be what God wants you to be, needs you to be, and what Jesus died for you to be in Christ. And the only way for that to happen is it, if it's well with your soul, right? First off, you have to ask yourself, what is it? It is well. Well, what is it? Well, for me, it is one thing, and for you, it might be something else. In other situations, it might be the same thing for all of us. Make sense? The verses go like this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, Hello? It is well with my soul. You guys know the words of this song. I know you do, because every time we sing it, y'all sing it out loud. And then we say it over and over again. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. The words that are written down in this song are saying, no matter what has happened or is happening or is going to happen, I am at peace with God. Doesn't matter how the man felt, does it if you know the story behind why this song this hymn was written this man was in a lot of pain and a lot of mourning and, and hurtful things were going on in his life in a time where it was not so easy or quick to get in touch with people right to be around people or to go tend to the needs of the day and at some point he resigned himself to who he is in Christ and who his Lord is in his life. Isn't that great? And don't you, don't you wake up someday and just wish that you can be that person? It's okay to say amen to that. We all do that from time to time. It's like I, sometimes the prayer is, Lord, I want it to be well with my soul. <laughs> I need it to be well with my soul. No, I don't think anybody ever says, I don't really want this to be well. <laughs> I don't think anybody really ever says that. If they're a, a believe, if they really believe, if their life with Christ in Christ is genuine. Well, what on earth does this have to do with Proverbs chapter 28 in verse 1? Let's take a look. Just this one verse. In chapter 28 of Proverbs, as we seek wisdom for our life, as we grow in Christ and serve the Lord, we need wisdom. We have to have it. If we don't have wisdom, then we don't have life. Because Jesus is life and he is wisdom. Look what it says right here. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. 
That's the kind of that's the kind of verse that people stick on their cars or on their Facebook page or on their refrigerator to make a T-shirt out of it, because it makes you it makes you feel strong, right? And it makes us feel strong because we would like to think that we're not the wicked. And I would say, in some degree, in some way of saying that we we are not the wicked if we're children of God, saved by the blood of Christ. I wouldn't classify us as the wicked, right? But at the same time, are we the righteous? And if so, are we as bold as a lion? And I think, I believe, the only way that I can pursue the kind of righteousness that makes me be as bold as a lion is if I pursue everything being well with my soul. It's a, it's a challenge every day. Because everything is not always well with my soul. This is why we need Jesus. Because everything is not always apple pie and ice cream. Right? It's not that way. It's, it's the world we live in is full of wickedness. And as we talk about this scripture and plenty of other scripture I'm going to go through this morning, I want you to think about the world that we live in, the society that we're living in and participating in. Notice I, I'm trying to emphasize that we're participating because I don't want us to ever sit in the church and say the world out there is going astray or the world out there is, is the problem. Because a lot of times, many times, the church, the body of Christ, we do our share of participating in the problem. So just be aware that we can't, we can't stand back and say those people are wicked. We're all wicked in some, in some ways, in some, at some times. That's what sin is. That's why we need Jesus. And in order to have things be well with your soul, you have to have Jesus. Right? So the question then really is, do you know God? How many times have you been able to go up to a person, whether you know them or not, whether they're neighbors, family, friends, total strangers, and ask them, hey, do you know God? Some of y'all are like, what? You know, we know that's what we're supposed to do. We know that's what we really want to know. But we go over there. I think sometimes we even go over there with the intention to say, hey, do you, do you know God? And what comes out of our mouth is, do you want to come to church? That's two different questions, y'all. Because the answer to the second question is no, almost 99% of the time. Because they don't know God. They're going to come to church after they meet God. We come to church after we meet God. What we do here on Sunday morning is a product of what we believe and our relationship with this God that we're supposed to know. And if we're going to be the righteous who are as bold as lions, we have to know God so deeply that everything is well with our soul. It is always well with our soul, even if it's all falling apart. Right? 
there, there was a time, you might not believe this, but there was a time when families would get up every morning, every Sunday morning, and they would put on the best clothes that they had, and they would all go to church together and worship God. Now, some do that. Some do it all the time, every Sunday. Some do it every now and again on Sunday. And some have fallen out of the habit. And it's not because the going to church is any really that much different. It's because people are not knowing God. Therefore, when the world falls apart, or life falls apart, or life happens, stress happens, it is not well with our soul. And we can't figure out why, and we run to every worldly God that we can create to solve the problems. Wishing that it would be well with our soul, and then we try to sing this hymn, and it doesn't make any sense to us, and it doesn't mean anything because we don't know God. And I use we in a general sense, y'all, as a society. Everybody continues to say, if, if, if the nation would go back to being a, God, a, a nation a, a under God, then things would be right again. But nobody wants to walk up to people and say, do you know God? How on earth are people going to return to God or come to God in the first place if the ones who know God aren't as bold as lions and say, do you know God? We're just expecting them to figure it out. Let me talk about a couple things. I only got two points, y'all, this morning. See, there's one that caught on to it. That's a good opportunity for y'all to say amen and praise the Lord. Let's get going. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Look here. The first thing is, if you fear God, guess what? You will fear nothing else. If you have a proper fear of our Lord, the Holy Creator... You will not fear anything else in existence. Now I want you to think about what that means. Because fear is of the enemy. I'm not talking about being afraid from time to time. Right? I'm, I mean, because I mean, I'm afraid if I eat too many sweet potatoes, some bad things, I don't like sweet potatoes. Make sense? It's not, it's not the same as being afraid in a moment. It's not the same as being fearful. And if we don't fear the Lord, then we'll fear everything else. If you fear God, you will fear nothing else. Let, let, let me give you some scripture to help us. Oh, 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 go back, go back. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I... I Hate pride, this was, uh, in the context of this proverb is saying that wisdom, I referring to wisdom, if you read the previous verse, okay, he says, so wisdom hates pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. I was, yesterday morning, I was out uh, with a brother and we were uh, doing a little dove hunting and there was some nice young fellas down the way doing their dove hunting and uh, every now and then I would overhear a little bit of their conversation and it was typical of people, not just young people, just people. They were great young people. However, their speech needs some help. Their language needs a little bit of help. It's normal for them. 
to use bad language. It's just normal. I don't think they mean it in wicked ways, but it's not holy to use foul language in any situation. And I, I think those young men are, seem to be pretty nice young men. I don't have nothing against them. I'm just telling you, perverse speech and evil behavior are not something that honors God. It's not what the righteous live in. And if we're going to be righteous and as bold as lions, then we have to get away from this. It can't be a part of our life. You can't say, I'm a believer, and then live like the world. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Hate evil. The, re the reverence of his holiness and his perfection and his authority over all of us and all of creation. The acknowledgement of that. That's the fear of the Lord. Now notice it says hate evil. It doesn't hate people. It hates evil. It disturbs me that these fine young gentlemen are infected by the wickedness of the world. Possibly, because, I don't know this, but possibly because they don't know God. If they did know God, then they would be fleeing from that type of behavior and conversation. Right? Psalm 111 in verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Isn't that what we all want? You can't be in the righteous and as bold as a lion if you're not in wisdom. You can't, you can't be a fool and wise at the same time. You can't do it. It's not possible. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. And then it says, to him belongs eternal praise. If you or I or we, the body of Christ, have any wisdom whatsoever, it's for the glory of God. And he, he is to be praised for that. And if you or I have an issue with praising him for that, then we're not wise people. Because we're not recognizing where the blessings come from. We're not recognizing what it takes to be in his righteousness, which is what we're pursuing. If it's in our own righteousness that we're pursuing, that is not wise at all. Because we've already proven, each one of us in our own way, has proven that our own righteousness fails. To honor God. Therefore, it's not wise to stay in that condition. Let's look at something else. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28 says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Talking about fear of the Lord. Are we here to please man? Or are we here to please God? Is your faith all about making other people believe that you're such a great Christian? Or is your faith all about showing God how much you believe that Jesus is the Christ and that you're his? It's, it's a hard question to answer at times, isn't it? Because sometimes we answer that question, it brings conviction. Be, be careful what you ask of the Lord, because he will tell you the truth if you listen close enough. Make sense? 
And I, I, for one, do not enjoy the experience of saying to God, show me my heart so that I can honor you, and then he does that. Right? And then me and the Lord's got to spend some time getting that right so that I can be one of the righteous who are as bold as a lion. Not so that I can say, look at me, look how bold I am, and hear me roar. No, it's so that people will know God and God would be glorified. So that when I ask a person, do you know God? They're going to give me an honest answer if they answer me at all. Because it's evident in my life that I know God. But if, if I'm a hypocrite in the, in the worst way, and there's nothing about my life that says I know God, and I'm asking other people, do they know God? They're going to tell me to take a hike. It's none of my business. That's what I would do. Like, who are you? You don't even know God. So what's the point? What happens when we pretend to be Christians sometimes? trying to sometimes we, we try to try too hard to be the christian or some we're trying too hard to to, to 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 show the world that we are who jesus says we should be that we're failing to honor god notice in matthew he says why are we worried about those who can kill the body i mean here's what i'm saying i'm not saying don't be concerned about things that go on in this world i'm not saying don't know about it I'm not even saying don't bring it up in your prayer time. I'm saying if we fear man or anything about this world more than we fear God, who is, has, has our lives, our eternal lives in his hand, there's something wrong here. Something really bad wrong. Make sense? And, and I, I, I have to say, not even just in current issues, but issues all along, throughout society over since adam and eve people have always been afraid of people like more fearful of people the israelites could have had the promised land 40 years before they received it because they were afraid of people more than they were fearful of god they said ah these people are too big we can't take them They'll kill us all. Well, they all died anyway. They all died and never received the promise of God because they didn't believe God. They didn't fear God more than they feared their fleshly enemies. I think, I think it's for us to have it be true in our life that it is really well with my soul, no matter what's happening, great or not, terrible or sad or happy or glad it doesn't matter if that's going to be the case then we have got to be tuned in to who god really is and it has to be on an eternal mindset for eternity god deals with eternity and it's difficult for us because all we really all we really can wrap our minds around is what we live in what we can put our hands on and, and experience. I know y'all agree with me. It's hard. It's hard to think about living after we leave this world. It's hard to, it's great to think about what the Bible says. It's going to be great for those who are saved. And it's sad for those who aren't saved because we don't want them to be for eternity separated from God. That's the, that's the gospel. 
And if we're, if we're not more concerned about that than we are about any other thing in this world all put together, then we're missing, we're missing what's going on. And this is how even believers around the world begin to live in fear, begin to live timid lives, and begin to shrink back. And at some point, if that continues to go on, it's hard, to, it's hard for any person to see whether they believe or not, because nothing is well with their soul. I'm not saying we shouldn't ever have emotions, and I'm not saying that we should never feel some kind of fear, but if, it, if it's what is driving everything in our life, then maybe, maybe we're not living in the righteousness of Christ to the point where we can be bold as lions. The worst catastrophe that could ever hit this planet, the believers should be standing firm in what they believe even if it takes our lives, physically makes us leave this world. Just some words of encouragement, I hope, for all of you. Look at Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Ah, oh, how many times I've, spent days and days praying that this would be true in my life in bad situations hardships confusion trouble whatever whatever i thought my concerns were the prayer was that i would be content at some point and that this trouble would i would be just untouchable but the problem was my motive behind those prayer prayers were that i would never suffer and i would always be happy Isn't that ridiculous? That, that, I mean, that seems like a, a prayer that we would all want to say, but it's ridiculous to say that to God. Because we know the reality that we all live in this world and it's contaminated and it's in decay because of sin. Nobody, no person is exempt from suffering. Especially the ones who are saved. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we won't ever suffer. But if we fear the Lord... And he's our God, and he's holy, and we have reverence for him in our hearts, and we hold that to the highest degree of importance in our life, then we, even in those moments of stress, we will be bold as lions. What, what's important about lions? Lions walk around their domain, their world, wherever they happen to live, and they're not afraid of nobody. No other critter in this world they're afraid of. They walk around and everyone else moves away from them. But I don't think that's the way this particular part of Scripture is meaning for the Christian to walk around like. I don't think the Lord wants us to walk around intimidating everybody, saying, my dad is God. and You better watch out. I don't think that's the way, to, I don't think that's the, way the Lord wants it. But if we're living right, in what scripture says is right. If we have the spirit of God living in our hearts and he's active and we're growing spiritually and we're getting more and more like Jesus every day, we can be like lions because lions don't walk around looking over their shoulder to see who's about to come after them. They don't walk around looking over their shoulder to see if they're getting ready to get eaten by something. Only guilty people walking around looking over their shoulder all the time. Only people who have something to hide 
look, walk around looking over their shoulder all the time, suspicious of everybody, thinking everybody's suspicious of them. Look at, the, look at the beginning of the first verse. The wicked man flees, though nobody's pursuing him. He's, he's paranoid. He's running away from nothing. That's what the sinner does. That's what sin causes us to do. We're, we're constantly, if we're living in sin and we're not repentant and we're not, or we're not even saved at all, we're constantly building up barriers for the truth to get in and convict. The wicked will flee. It's what fools do. When, when, when the believers try to love the world, we go out into the world and we try to love people the best we know how through the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, we get accused of hating people. We do. Ask anybody who's not saved. They'll tell you one of the problems with the church is they hate people. And they'll give you a bunch of different examples of how we hate certain individuals for certain things that we think they think that we think they do. It's, it's complicated. When in fact all we're trying to do is love people. We're loving people unconditionally. Or at least we're trying to with the help of the Lord. Who in their right mind would flee from God's love. The problem is when we're in sin, before we're saved, or even when we're saved and we're in sin and we haven't repented or won't repent, God's love is, is harsh to us. Because God corrects those he loves. And we flee. Even though no one's really chasing us down to beat us down. We just flee because we don't want to change. But the righteous, we walk around as if no one has any accusation against us. Because they shouldn't and they wouldn't. We walk around confident in who we are in Christ. We walk around knowing that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and no one in the world can change that. Not even Satan himself. We walk around confident that our faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior is what connects us to the blood of Christ that washes away sin. It's all about confidence in what we believe. That's why I said, is it well with your soul today? Do you know God? Because if you do, then everything that you do, every reaction you have to this world and to this life that we're trying to live should have some kind of confidence in God involved in it. There should, there should be minimal, if any, amount of panic in our lives. Panic is a product of fear. I'm not talking about concern. It's a whole different thing, isn't it? I'm concerned about a lot of things in this world. I'm concerned about myself sometimes. Y'all are like, y'all be concerned all the time. Are you confident that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Are you confident about your salvation? If for some reason everybody in this room left the world right now, are you confident that you'll be in the presence of Almighty God? And if you're not confident, are you afraid of what's going to happen? Are you concerned about the consequences of not being saved? Because nobody can promise you that we will all walk out of this building today.
Am I right? It's all about confidence, isn't it? Not, not prideful confidence. Confidence in God. Confidence in the Creator, the Holy One. The one who's got the whole universe in his hands. Oh, if we could just be like Daniel. Do, do we think that Daniel was never afraid or never scared? Can you imagine? I've been, okay, there was a guy, he used to build cabinets. Uh, when we lived in Indiana, he was a cabinet builder. And me and my wife would hang out with him and his wife, and we were trying to minister to them a little bit. And he would always have this scrap lumber, real nice wood that he made custom cabinets with, but it was all scrap stuff. He'd bring it in the house, big trash can full of it, and he'd start dumping it in the fireplace, and he lit it up. I went outside of his house, and flames were coming out the chimney. So much fire. He'd get. I went back in the house to tell him, like, dude, you're going to burn your house down. And I couldn't even hardly talk to him because I couldn't hear for the fire. It was making this loud You've been around a fire that's like hot and it's going fast. And I was like, dude, you're going to burn the house down. He's like, what? What's going on? <laughs> Daniel is standing by this furnace. And he's being threatened that if he doesn't worship some man, that he's going to be thrown into this furnace that is raging in his ear and surely singeing his sideburns off the side of his face. And he believes so much in God and who God is and has so much reverence for his holiness that he looks at these people and says, my God will deliver me. And even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. Oh, my gosh, y'all. Oh, my. Can you imagine being in that situation or a sim similar situation, and your response is, God is my God. And I will not fear any of you and fall into his hands of wrath. We all say that we, the Lord's will be done, right? We all say amen to that. We say it all the time. Lord willing, all the time. We should say that. We have to ask the Lord, am I genuine when I say that? Do I really want God's will to be done? Because if, if the answer to that is yes, then it really will be will, uh, well with your soul. I'm getting all tongue-tied. Too, too many W's in there. It will be well with your soul if God is really your God. If he's really the master of your life. If you, if you really believe that nothing in this world happens without him knowing about it, without him allowing it, nothing surprises our God. Isn't that awesome? Y'all are like, man, that's a long point. It is a long one. Fear of the Lord leads to life. All right, we're moving on. Psalm 23, verse 4. Now, we've talked about Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We've talked about that plenty of times. However, in verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We, we know it, we memorized it, we say it to one another. I could ask you, instead of reading it, I could ask you to just say Psalm 23, and most of you would know it by heart. 
But the question is, is, is it true in our heart? For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? If God is my God, if he's my Lord, my protector, my leader, my Savior, then even if, even if I walk through the darkest valley, I know he's there. And if he's there, then what on earth should I have to fear? It's hard, isn't it? Because every single one of y'all have something in your heart right now that you're battling with. Something that you're trying to figure out. You're trying to overcome. You're trying to turn it over to God. And every one of you, I believe, who, who are believers, know that God is who God is. We have to believe that this man singing this song, writing these words, it is well with my soul. I imagine how long did it take him to write these words on a piece of paper. His family's dead. All is lost. Writing these words and tear, tears flowing not just from his eyes, from his heart. How do you go on in that situation? How do you go on when the world is falling apart and everybody, that everything that you knew was right is now wrong? Things aren't the way they were when we were growing up. I used to ride around on a Schwinn bicycle with a banana seat on it, singing, thank God I'm a country boy. Nobody said nothing to me about it. I'm afraid to do that now. Somebody's liable to call me a name. <laughs> the world is changing for us. And there are challenges out there. And they're real. And we need to deal with them. We need to make decisions for our families and for ourselves. But we belong to God, y'all. We're children of the Most High God. There is nothing in this world that's bigger than Him. Nothing surprises Him. And there is nothing to fear at all. Because we know God. Isn't that great, y'all? I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to bring some comfort into your lives right now. Because I know it's hard. In the wee hours of the night. When you don't have to pretend. That's our God, y'all. That's our Lord. That's the one who loves us so much that he would send Jesus to fix it all. He would send Jesus in this world so we would be free from fear. Be one of the righteous and be bold as lions. Because God is our God. And he loves each one of us. Alright. Point number two. It's the opposite of point number one. If you fail to fear God, what? You will fear everything. You will be a person of fear. You will be timid about everything. Everything will upset your apple cart. 
threw that in there for the Apple Festival. I'm going to read Romans. I didn't want to, I didn't have room to put it all on there. So I'll just read. You guys can turn to Romans chapter 3. You should have already read it by now if you're a believer. If you haven't, it's okay. It doesn't mean you're not saved. But I want to start not at verse 9. I want to start in verse, half of verse 11. And I'm going to read. I want you to just listen to what this sounds like. There, I'm not going to read the first part of that. Just in verse 11, let's start here and just read this. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who, do, who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Verse 14, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. And then finally in verse 18, it says, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, I, I was reading through this uh, several times over the last week, and I said to myself, that sounds like today's society, doesn't it? Sounds like what's going on on all in the streets of the world. If you leave off the first part of verse 11. It still sounds like that, but look at what it says. If you start at verse 10, it says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. And we have to put that in there because that includes us. It puts us in the mix. And that hopefully that will set us free from being so judgmental towards society that we don't make disciples. It's easy to sit in the church and point out the windows and say all those heathens are going to hell because they don't come in here. And they act the way they do. When the reality is, as Romans chapter 3 says, we were acting that way before we came in here. And we want to get even closer to reality. Around the world, throughout the church, there's people that act that way in the church. And I mean people, I'm including preachers and elders and whoever else. Yeah? Because why? The answer is in verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is why people act wickedly. This is why we sin. There is no fear of God. Each one of us who have sinned, every single time we sin, we have, in that moment, we've lost the fear of the Lord. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. Whatever the temptation is, it's not sinful to be tempted. It's sinful to say, I want this over God. Because that's what sin does. And for some reason, because Satan is, is masterful at lying to us and making us believe that he's telling us something that's true, and, and we're even really good at lying to ourselves, and we say, it'll be okay in a moment. And once we get there and we give in, we have stopped fearing the Lord because God doesn't change he's a loving God but he's a just God he will have his way and he will not force his love on you and he will not force you to love him we all have failed 
We all have stopped fearing God at some point or another. But praise God for Jesus. That we have opportunity to repent. And not only that, but once we decide to repent and put our faith in Christ, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit that gives us all that we need to return to this state of fearing God so that all will be well with our soul. What a, what a, what a place it is to live in that, in that hymn. Because when all is well with your soul, it feels great, doesn't it? But we, we seem to we seem to go back and forth a bit. That's, and don't, don't be fretting over that because that's the Christian journey. That's the Christian life. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Lord. Second Timothy right here says this. For the Spirit of God gave us, uh, gave us the Spirit, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. It's the Holy Spirit, y'all. He's the reason we can be bold as lions. He's the reason people see who our God is. He's the reason there's, that there's no reason to fear anything else. What if somebody actually took your life? What if somebody threatened you or your family and they just, they just took your life for whatever reason? It could be because you're a believer. It just could be because they're wicked people and you were there when it was time to do wicked things. The question still is, do you know God? Especially in that moment. Do you know God? I always wondered how Jesus, and I, aside from him being God in the flesh, I always wondered how, how could Jesus just stand there and continue to get smacked in the face, beaten, spit on, cursed at, whipped, on and on, and not say a word not retaliate, not defend himself. Every, every now and then I come back to that question. And I, every now and then I'm reminded that I already know the answer. The, the reason that happened that way is because he's busy defending me. <laughs> he's busy dying for me. And he knows this is the Lord's way. And if we know as believers that if we're in Christ and we're doing, going about the Lord's business, that we will suffer because Jesus suffered. If we receive that and surrender to it, then it all is well with our soul, isn't it? What if I leave this world today? I hope we can all say, praise the Lord. I'll be in his presence for eternity. What if I don't leave this world today? What if the Lord gives me another day? Praise the Lord. I get to continue to serve him and make disciples. Either way, it is well with my soul what the Lord does with me. I'm going to close with this right here. Romans chapter 8 and verse 38 and 39. Listen to this, y'all. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
There's a lot of powerful words there. Right there in the Bible, right there in the Scripture, the Word of God, the truth, the absolute truth. Okay, death or life, that can't separate us from the Lord. Neither angels or demons, they can't separate us from the love of God. The present, what's going on now, or the future is not going to separate us from God. No powers. I I ain't scared of nobody because of this. I'm not trying to brag. I'm saying God is my God. He's my Father. He's the Lord. And if you mess with me or the body of Christ, you're going to deal with him one day. You read Revelation and you see some of them people that died for Christ and they're under his throne saying, when are you going to avenge us? And he's like, the time will come. Neither height nor depth nor anything else. Any, this is the most powerful part. Nothing in all of creation will separate me or you from the very thing that gives us the strength that we need to be bold as lions. That's what makes disciples. Because I'm going to tell you this, before I got saved, I saw some people that were bold as lions. They were the meekest people you would ever meet in, in the best way but they were bold as lions because they just lived their life because they knew God. And it was obvious that they knew God. And I was like, man, I, I got to have that. I don't even know what that is. I got to have it. Because my life was circling the drain, y'all. It was going. What I built was not surviving. And, and if you look back, if you, were able, if you guys were able to look back into my history and feel what I felt, there was a lot of fear there. Uncertainty. I played a good game, though, but it was, in here, it was bad. But then Jesus. I've never been more confident as a person in my entire life than I have since I've met Jesus. I'm not confident in my own self. I'm confident in my God. And with y'all's prayers and the Lord's help, I'll continue to pursue that in a way that honors Him. And I pray the same thing for y'all. We serve an awesome God, y'all. He's so awesome. He's so amazing. He's always there. He knows what you need. He knows what's here. He knows what the fears are. He knows what's attacking you. He knows what's coming after you. He's not worried. He's not concerned. He's not scared of it. In fact, most of the time, he's already dealt with it. And I hope that as we continue to pursue the Lord and making disciples as a body of Christ and as brothers and sisters in Christ, I hope that we can stand firm and be bold as lions be people who just stand up in the middle of the darkness and show the light of Christ. Because there's people dying going to hell in the middle of all this. There's people right now in their homes wondering what's going on. And how do I survive? They're having serious stress issues because of the things that go on in this world. It's not something new. It's, been, it's always been going on. It's just Satan's not hiding himself very much anymore. And it's affecting us too, isn't it? We're all stressed out. But we have the Lord. 
If you're not saved, then you don't have the Lord. You could have the Lord, but you don't. So now is the time. If you need to be saved, if you, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, uh, you should repent. You should say, you know what, I'm not going to be a sinner anymore. I'm not going to offend God anymore. I'm not going to act like he's not real. So you repent. Then you can stand up to the whole world and say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. And say it. Scripture tells us that we should be baptized right then in that moment. If that's what you believe, and that's what your decisions are, you should be baptized. You shouldn't wait. You should do it. For the forgiveness of your sins, according to Acts chapter 2. It's right there. So that you can receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God that gives us all the strength we need to stand firm in the world. After that, it's just joining the rest of us on this journey. We're just like, we're all doing the same thing. And every now and then, I'll get off the path or I'll trip over something. And somebody's got to grab me and make sure I don't fall out. And I'm doing the same for y'all. And we're just working our way. Inviting people to come. If, you're, if you need to make that decision and you want to be baptized right now, is the time to do it. Last week, Tambry came up here and she said she wanted to be a member of this church. It was awesome. And we accepted her as a member because it's the Lord's will. Who's going to disagree with what God's doing, right? So we, we look forward to what she's going to do, but if, you, if you're a person that needs to do that or wants to do that, come down here and do it now. Ain't no reason to wait. We're all doing the same thing. We're all depending on a God who is worthy of defending us. Let's stand together and sing a song if y'all are ready to play, and we'll have our invitation. If you have any decisions to make right now, is the time to come up here.